Welcome to another episode of Lost in Science. It is our official end of 2016 episode of Lost in Science. Are we glad Yay. to see the end of 2016, people? Get oh, out yes. of here. Yes. 2016 yeah. can go. It can yes. just. It can um. Exit. Just just tick over. Yep. Exit stage right. Yeah. Never That's correct, Mundo. But we are going to markets passing with some look back at the year that was. Cue the music. Anyway, um, <laughs> Stu, how are you going to mark the year that that passed? Well. Celebrity deaths have been all over the place this year. There's been, you know, Prince and David Bowie and, and, and well, Lemmy, Lemmy didn't actually make it into 2016. He was just before the end of 2015. But um, there was a lot of people who died, funnily enough, being planet Earth and being human beings. Uh, but there was also a lot of scientists who passed away in the last 12 months. And I'm going to have a look back at some of those scientists many of whom you will never have heard of, but all of whom you've probably been affected by in some way or another. Great. Thank you for that cheery note, Stu. Mm. Um, Manisha, <laughs> please raise the tone for us. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, I was actually going to talk about um, some changes to the IUCN Red List, but because 2016 has been really shitty, there have been I more... said raise the tone. Ah, but I'm getting there. <laughs> but I'm getting there. So I'm not doing that because that was a really shitty thing and it would be it would be sad. So today I'm going to So actually... hang on, wait, 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 wait a second. The IUCN red list, that is the, the animals that are endangered or about to go extinct. Is that what that is? Yeah, exactly. So it's the, um, the International Union for Conservation of Nature and they have a red list which just states how, um, how much at risk species are at going extinct. And um, so I was going to talk about all of the great success stories, but there haven't been that many. So instead, I'm going to just talk about some newly discovered species that we have here in Australia. Well, those are successful in their own way, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. And Claire, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'm really excited about today because I hear on the grapevine that um, that you're going to be doing a quiz. And the, I, I mean, I love quiz, quizzes, yeah. so yeah. that's that's why I'm here today. That's, that's, uh, yeah, you, 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 you're going to win the prize, aren't you? Well, I'm hoping to. I mean, that's why I turned up today. Yeah, that's why you invited me, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what, what, what is the prize? It is. Uh, I will. Uh, we'll come up with that. It's going to be for best best lost in science presenter, I guess. <laughs> wins wins the whoever wins. Hang the quiz. on. Why are you judging this? I get a medal. Why aren't you part of it as well? Oh, because... Because he's uh, got all the know, answers already. Yeah, I have all the answers already. Yeah. <laughs> best okay. Lost in okay. Science presenter. Okay, okay. we don't call it Best Lost in Science, but we call it um, Second Best Lost in Science. <laughs> 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 anyway, we'll let our listeners decide, Something to look Chris. forward to. Um, and those of you can tape it and you can play the quiz at home. Maybe we'll stick the questions up tape on the website. Tape it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I didn't realise we were transmitting back into the 1980s. But <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Get your Happy cassette. 1986, ready. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... That is what you have to look forward to on today's show. Um, on with it. There are a lot of people working in science all over the world, and some of them are quite old, and, of course, they are affected in the same way as people are and they pass away. So 2016 <laughs> is no exception. It wasn't a miracle year for nobody dying. Um, but look, to be honest, there are so many people working in science that a lot of people will have probably never heard of them. For example, um, Susan Lee Lundquist, uh, who is an American professor of molecular biology who passed away this year, who solved the problem of protein folding within mm. the family of molecules known as heat shock proteins. So the majority of people would have never heard of her, but she was, uh, you know, working for 
over 50 years in molecular biology. And then you've got people like um, Ralph John Ciceroni, who's an American atmospheric scientist who was commissioned in 2001 by President George W. Bush to report on climate change. And his report concluded for George W. Bush that greenhouse gases, this is a quote, that greenhouse gases are accumulating in Earth's atmosphere as a result of human activities causing surface air temperatures and subsurface ocean temperatures to rise. That would explain why George W. Bush um, instituted such action, such strong action on climate change. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, he might have skimmed over that bit, or maybe he was holding the report upside down. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, never, you never quite know with George. Um, and look, there was, uh, you know, there, there are people who probably have had a, um, uh, a more direct impact on people's lives. For example, uh, the late Professor Esther Wilkins, who was a dental scientist. And you know that little pointy hooky thing that they search around in your teeth with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. invented that. Oh. So, thanks, thanks, Esther, for your uh, interest in our... <laughs> is it named after? Is it like a, is it like it is, a, it is a called, Wilkins probe? It is called the Wilkins Tuft probe. Oh. So, yeah, What's she... The um, Tuft? Uh, the, the Wilkins Tuft, Tuft Explorer, I should say. <laughs> so, the Explorer really shows whether they jab it right into those cavities in your teeth. Um, for, more, for a more out-of-this-world uh, science-related um, passing, John Glenn... Oh, yes. Passed away. Oh, yes. The fifth person in space. Um, the first American in space. Yep. Uh, but also the oldest person in space because he went back into space. Um, he went first on the Mercury program. Did he the, get his glasses or something up there? Yeah. He, he went back to retrieve. We left him up in the Mercury, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Mercury stage one. No, no. He went in the Mercury program. And then in 1988, he went in the shuttle Discovery and became the right. oldest person in space. Cool. Um, How old was he? Uh, quite old. He was. He was still serving as a senator, so he may also be the only he was US senator, senator as well. in space. As oh, well, what a possibly. guy! Mm. Um, American probably people. won't see any more of them in the um, in the Trump administration or any. Possibly <laughs> not. Possibly not. But there are other people who had you know also direct impacts. I mean, you know, John Glenn wasn't a scientist himself, but the space program's pretty sciencey. So uh, mm. I threw him in there. Um, you may have never heard of Umberto Veronese. Uh, he was an Italian oncologist who um, basically stopped uh, breast cancer treatment of, um, you know, automatically they would just remove people's breasts to oh, get yeah. breast cancer. Yeah, they, they'd just perform a mastectomy pretty much automatically if someone had breast cancer. And he said, hey, hey, hang on, we can, uh, we can operate more precisely than that. And he figured out all these treatments and ways of removing breast cancers without removing the whole uh, mammary gland itself. Um, so he um, he passed away this year, and he was a, an oncologist for over fifty years. Um, there's also, if if you're getting a bit choked up, you might uh, have to refer to Henry Heimlich. Oh yes, Henry oh, Heimlich passed away um, just in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. He was quite um, old, wasn't he? <clears throat> he was. He was uh, ninety four, I think. Yeah. Um, he was an American thoracic surgeon who actually came up with the Heimlich maneuver. If you don't know what that is, that is where you if someone's choking on food, you sort of come up behind them and rapidly uh, squeeze in their squeeze in their, squeeze in their, uh, their thorax mm. and they thorax, choke yeah. up their food. It's not actually um, first aid. They don't. They don't. No, no one. That no one really does it anymore. It's no, like they, the short, sharp 
first to the back. Yeah, with, yeah. So with check your if, palm. If, if, mm. you're, uh, if your first aid is not up to date, don't, don't go don't looking for the Heimlich maneuver. Go that. and find out what the actual first aid is for choking. Maybe but go get a first aid. He, he probably did save some lives, let's be honest, uh, over, his, over his career. Um, I also noticed that, you know, there's some, there's some pretty um, important things that came about from scientists such as chemist Colin Snedeker, an American who uh, came up with, uh, he was working for a company which you may have all heard of called Crayola. And in 1990, took him quite a while to figure this out, came up with washable crayons. Cool. So all those parents out there who have had their kids draw all over their walls and clothes and things, now that the washable crayon was invented in 1990, thanks to Colin Snedeker, you can wash that off again. So the, the, I'm surprised that it took until 1990 to figure out that you could make a washable crayon. Um, also, uh, in the in the last year, who passed away, uh, a woman who may not have been a scientist, but she certainly um, was groundbreaking in the world of hygiene. Uh, Valerie Gordon, who was an English woman who invented the world's first disposable nappy and the world's first sanitary pad for women. Hmm. Did it so, have um, polyacrylate in it, the she, polymer? Uh, her, her original um, design was like a plastic clip-on pant over the outside of oh. a removable pad for the, so the pad would absorb all of the baby's refuse, so to speak, <laughs> and you would throw the pad away. Wheeze and with, poops, I think, is yeah, the yeah. technical term. <laughs> Poos and wheeze. Um, and, and you'd throw the pad away, but that was all biodegradable. And then the plastic outer bit you would reuse. You just sort of rinse it off and reuse that. Cool. Uh, it wasn't until the American company Pampers uh, invented an all-in-one disposable thing where you threw the whole thing away, which had the plastic outer and the uh, later addition of the polyacrylamide gel, I think it is, which is also a huge environmental problem now. But Valerie was way ahead of her time being an environmentalist and solving the problem of women being stuck at home washing nappies all day. Um, so unfortunately she passed away this year and, um, but, but what a great invention that was. Um, also I thought I would mention, um, Ewan Whittaker, who was a, a metallurgist, but he, uh, helped so another person who passed away this year was uh, Ewan Whittaker, who was a British scientist who, during World War II, uh, did quality control checking on the pipelines that the Allies, which I only found out about this today, the Allies laid pipelines under the British Channel so they could pump fuel to Allied forces in France for the final push towards Berlin because they couldn't put ships full of fuel and get them across the Channel because they kept getting bombed by... Um, by German planes. But then he went on, after the war was over, he went on to map the lunar surface from Earth and then, uh, using mathematical models, um, turn the, the maps that he'd made from Earth into top-down bird's-eye maps of the, the moon's surface, which were used by the Apollo astronauts when they flew to the moon. So they actually could track very carefully exactly where they were on the moon, which is a pretty amazing feat when he never even got, a, got to go into space. Um, now, not everyone, not everyone in science's job is boring. Uh, another person who died this year was Gordon Hamilton, who was a Scottish climate scientist who was zipping around Antarctica on a snowmobile this year and fell down a giant crevasse on his snowmobile oh. and passed away. So 
Um, hopefully the crevasse wasn't caused by climate change, which is what he was there to study because that would be terrible irony. Um, but lastly, I thought I would uh, pay tribute to a man that we all owe, well, a little something to, a man called Ray Tomlinson, who, working on ARPANET way back in 1971, figured out, well, sent the first email in history, and also came up with the syntax that we still use today of putting the person's name and then the at symbol and then the name of their domain, which in his case it was a, a, just a different machine. But yeah, he, he invented that and uh, we still use it today. So he's kind of immortalized. Maybe we should call a little at symbol the, the Tomlinson from now on because, you know, it's a great name for it, I think. Don't you, you don't no, think? No. You don't <laughs> okay. Sorry, Ray. Um, you've been, I've, been, I've been downvoted here in the, in the studio. Across Australia on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Lost in Science. Um, so, as I said earlier, today I was going to give an overview on the changes to the IUCN, re- IUCN Red List. Um, and this was basically sparked by the news that the giant panda has finally been um, downgraded from endangered to vulnerable. Um, but I'm not going to do that because... There are lots more things going further extinct or go, being more threatened than there are things being saved. What's better than vulnerable is like invulnerable. It's like you get I think these like after, super pandas. Yeah. I think vulnerable is like the lowest of the threatened grades. Okay. And then it goes into like concerned Yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, I should have probably looked at Least up. concern. Least concern is like... Yeah. yeah. Do they have at the other the end of the scale concern. just invincible... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cockroaches are up there. (laughs) The invincible (laughs) animals are on the other end of the scale. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, one even further than least concern. Anyways, um, so yeah, so the giant panda is doing well. Other things, not so much. So um, in light of that, I decided to talk about something a bit less depressing. Um, I'm going to talk about some um, species that were discovered in Australia this year. Nice. Um, There's actually two uh, frog species that were discovered. Um, the first frog species was, um, it's called the, so I'm going to say this wrong, the Monies, Monies toadlet, or the Imperioli Mahoney. I would say Mahoney, but it's called Monies toadlet. Anyways, um, this is a new frog species that was discovered in New South Wales, um, in New, in Newcastle by... Woohoo, go Newcastle. That's where I'm from. Oh, is it? Yeah, me, oh. and, me and the Marnie's toadlet. Are you familiar yeah. with this particular toadlet, Claire? Uh, no, because it was only discovered this year. <laughs> Fortunately, I haven't been in Newcastle. But the locals knew about it, though, didn't they? Well, yeah. yeah. It's all over the Newcastle Herald. <laughs> didn't go to school. <laughs> Maybe I went to school with his cousin, actually. Um, Everyone knows each other. Well, it was discovered by um, Simon Cluel and his team at the University of Newcastle. Um, the scientists discovered uh, this frog because it, well, it looks quite different to some of the other frogs that they had in these um, in these areas around Newcastle. But the unique thing about it is the frog's defense mechanism, which may have been what caught the researchers' eyes. Um, when threatened, the Mani toadlet will flip over and expose its bright orange genitals. How does that help? I suppose the orange <laughs> makes it look poisonous or something. I, I'm not really a toadlet, so it's I'm just not just an exhibitionist. Just scares, <laughs> scares you <laughs> off. You go, oh, guess, oh. is I this first, common in Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> when I first read You laugh, this, but... Um, <laughs> I was imagining it. I'm raising my eyebrows right now. 
Yeah. I've got to say, I've got to say, if I was working at the University of Newcastle, I'd be very glad that someone from the University of Newcastle found the new frog. Yeah. And that it wasn't some interloper from another university. Just, just go. Oh, we found this new frog just in your in the in the grounds of the university. <laughs> Look, it's up, it's upside down. That must be its defence mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Okay. <laughs> Exposed genitalia is what we found in 2016. Why is it? Why is it a toadlet? That's what I want to know. It's really weird. It's a frog species, but it's called a toadlet. I have no clue why it was called what it's called. It's called Monies after Mick Moni, who is this like amphibian guru who is also Simon Clawell's, um se- like mentor and supervisor and so he named it after his supervisor yeah good work good you way to get good y- marks on your on you your aren't reports. allowed to name animals that you discover after yourself which is really it is crap. not etiquette uh, it is not no it is it's not true. etiquette it's so true. but I would like pawn it off to my friend and be like you get the glory give me the name <laughs> like I'm fine with that name it after me I like things named after me. I think I'm a bit narcissistic or something. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) The other um, frog species that was discovered in Australia this year was um, discovered in far north Queensland. It's called the Cape York Graceful Tree Frog, or Littoria Bella. Um, and it was just it's a nice name. It is a nice name. It's quite graceful. Um, it was described by researchers at the Australian Museum. So uh, the team of researchers were do- um, Dr. Jody Rowley, Keith McDonald, Stephen Richards, and Greta Frankham. And they named the frog. Um, well, so the the frog became its own distinct species um, after they discovered that they had been mistaking this new Cape York tree frog for a species of dainty tree frog that um, it closely resembles. So um, the scientists actually spent a few years to compare the DNA and the advertisement calls and different um, life history traits and body measurements between the two frogs. And they were um, able to, to conclusively say that these two species are actually quite distinct. And this new species is actually quite it's much more related to the um, two frogs from New Guinea than it mm. is to this Australian frog. Um, so yeah. it wasn't did that they didn't just call it graceful because it doesn't flip over on its back and flash its genitals at everyone. It was graceful for another reason. <laughs> um, that's probably exactly why they called it graceful. Just, just doesn't take much to impress it's, them, it's, really, it's, does it? It's pretty low bar that you're setting there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, if other frogs are doing that, it doesn't take a lot to be graceful, really, does it? <laughs> um, yeah. So the researchers are just sort of focusing on how to now conserve the species and make sure that um, it persists into the future, given that it's quite data deficient. Um, But yeah, anyways, I hope that all the happy news will help you leap into the future. Okay, yes, it is time for the inaugural annual Lost in Science challenge, quiz challenge. Um, are you all ready, folks? Yeah, yes. yeah, I've, I've just got to rummage dun, dun, through dun, and dun, find dun. the uh, Sale of the Century theme song. I'll play okay, that over you'll, the top. You'll find yeah. that. 
All right, so um, there's going to be a few different kinds of questions. You can, um, some of them you'll just be, um, we'll, we'll have a warm-up question where I'm going to ask you each a thing, but a lot of them is going to be whoever gets in first. Oh. And okay. I will judge, and we'll, but, but also please try and keep remembering how many scores oh. you Oh, get, my right? God, I'm okay. having flashbacks to my year 12 I'm exams yeah. already. Keep our scores in our heads. Enough of that, enough of that. Okay, so um, we're going to start. We're going to start a dive right in. We've got to, we've got to you know, fit this into time here. So um, I'm going to start with the, the biggest science story obviously i have to put this as the biggest story of 2016 yes don't shake your head claire um 11th of february 2016 gravitational waves the announcement of gravitational wave detection uh, from a pair of colliding black holes was announced um it verified Einstein's predictions for a century earlier now what i want you to do i'm going to each in turn i want you to give me the sound <laughs> that the colliding black holes made Okay, now Claire, you were you were present for this recording, so you would have heard this. I did. Okay, so can you give me your best colliding black holes? All right. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. Um, Manisha. That's the interpretation of it in like what we actually heard. No, that's, that's great. That's okay. great. Well, right. I'm not going to say what that is. Manisha, what sound do you think colliding black holes make? Boom. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's good. That's good. Stu, Stu, what you have a guess? Um, oh, look, I'm just going to go with in space there is no sound. No sound. All right, that's but this is shaking the actual space itself. Mm, yeah, right. even so. I was thinking even so. And okay, just like no. Nope, All right, well, you're also noise. smart. Now we're going to listen to the actual sound as recorded by by LIGO. Okay. Whoops, stop that, black holes. Um, I think um, we have decided that uh, Claire got closest by yes! actually doing a sound. I'm yeah. pretty... um, that was pretty much the way she, that she that, said That's how you won. Okay, yeah, so by one, answering point to Claire, the question. one point to Claire. Claire is in the lead. Okay, question two. Shit, I'm going to lose. Question two, we're going to chemistry. There were four new elements named. These ones that they were actually discovered in 2015, but they filled in the seventh row of the periodic table. They were finally given names in December this year. I want you to tell me what they mean. The first one was called Nihonium. Ding. Yes. Japan. Em. Nihon is the Japanese name for Japan. Correct. Two points to Claire. Um, next one, element 115, is Moscovium. Uh, that's uh, named Russia. after Moscow. <laughs> I think I think I think I think Stu gets that one. So one point to Stu. Um, okay, next one is element one seventeen. Is called Tennessee. Tennessee. I have to give that to Manisha. I'm afraid. Well, because I have no points yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You, you can only you can only say that for so long. Now, oh. now, now you got points. You can't use that excuse okay. again. And finally, element one eighteen. Oganesson. Oregon. No. <laughs> Oganesson. Oganesson. Um, is it a person? Mr. Oganess? Miss Oganess? Um, Oganeshi. Um, Dr. It's called, Oganesh? It's actually named after Yuri Oganessian, who's one of the scientists who discovered this. Should we give that to Claire? I think that's, yeah. that's close enough. Okay, well, Claire Claire's on three it. points. And oh. we have Stuart and each on one. Okay. Now, not all the news was happy in 2016. Um, question three, we um, talk about, we saw a lot of temperature records broken in this year due to climate change. Um, which month would you say was the hottest ever recorded? December. Um, in Australia, do you mean? Uh, well, globally. Globally. Ooh, okay. July. August. 
Oh, we have Manisha says July. No, I Manisha, said August. Manisha said August. August. I said July. Okay, you're both right. They were tied. Ooh. A point <laughs> each. A point each. I will give you that. All right. In June 2016, the International Agency for Research on Cancer announced had an announcement about coffee. Did they say that it causes cancer? Yes or no? No. No. Manisha got in first. The answer was no, yes. Coffee previously had been linked to cancer and now they decided it probably doesn't, can't decide. In fact, it may be protective. There you go. So we've got three points to Manisha, two points, three points to Claire, two points to Stu. It is getting close here. In March 2016, a computer program developed by Google finally beat the human champion of what game? Chess. Oh, Chess. Go. Manisha, it oh. is Go. All right, so Manisa, he's the lead, I believe. Yeah, four Ooh. points. Um, here we go. Okay, in June, now also in June 2016, uh, a new reserve of which element was found in the Rift Valley in Tanzania to the delight of scientists, engineers, and birthday party clowns everywhere? Helium! I think that was Claire. Claire. I it was first, Claire. yes. So what, can we have a point check? Four. 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 Two. In January 2016, it was a ninth actual planet was predicted for the solar system. Um, it's about 10 times the mass of Earth, believed to be. How long in Earth years does Planet Nine take to orbit the Sun? I want you to give me your best estimate. You're not going to give us multiple no, choice no, on this? Multiple choice. Oh, Is it like, will you give us a range? No, no, oh. I'm going to say Is this 200 Price's right years. Rules? 200 years. 200 okay. years. She says 200 years. Manisha, what are you going to say? Or I don't even know how long the other planets take to orbit. I'm going to well, say... Earth takes one. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say 98. Interesting. <laughs> okay. um, I am going to go with 500. What do we got? We got 500. 98 and 200. Yeah. The answer is closer to 15,000. So I oh, think... Oh, wow. Claire, I guess that one. Yeah. 15,000. 15, How far out from the sun is a this planet? A long way. Oh, really long way. This is why it hasn't been seen. Um, I don't know. Um, is that um, so like 60 Not something? that long. Yeah. If, no. if they'd known it was there, they could have, you know, hooked up the Pioneer probe to fly past or something, but they yeah. didn't even yeah. have any clue, did they? No, it's it's too far out. Yeah, it's too far out. Oh. Uh, so we've got five, I think, four and two. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. All right, I think we've got Stu, a couple more questions happened? to go. Um, let me see. What can I give you, um, Stu? What's your special topic, Stu? Um, you something. Um, I don't know. Fungi. <laughs> Yeah, don't ask me any fungi <laughs> questions from this year, though. I've totally not been paying attention. Okay, can anybody tell me which mosquito transmits the Zika virus? Aedes aegypti. Claire, very good. Claire's on six points. Almost uncatchable. All right. Um, let's go for another one. Let's go rapid fire round. In June 2016, the Bramble K. Malomus was in the news for what sad reason? It went extinct. extinct and it's the first extinction due to anthropogenic climate change. I'm going to give that to Manisha because she has a more detail. It. And also she did the story on it. Yeah. Okay. So we have um, six, five and two. two. All right. Okay. We'll give you one more question. Um, what can we do? A good one. All right. Um, in September, there was a baby with three parents born in Mexico. Um, they did it in Mexico because, as the, the American doctor said, uh, there are no rules. Um, was this baby, did it have two mothers and a father, two fathers and a mother, or some other combination? Two mothers, two mothers and, and a father. father. Mitochondrial DNA, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who do you think got that one first, Manisha? Uh, 
No. I think they said it pretty I much think, at the I think Claire beat me. Give but it give it to Stu. I was going to say okay, the same Yeah, points, I can't win points. anyway. So. <laughs> a few points. Okay. I think we could do one more. One more question. A space question. <laughs> okay, uh, space question. All right. So this is the last question, and you're going to get this one. In July of yep. this year, yep. NASA's Juno spacecraft arrived at which planet? Venus. Oh. What did you say? Jupiter. Jupiter. Yes. Jupiter, Jupiter, so Jupiter. So Benicia now has. I don't remember. Seven, six. <laughs> six, I think. <laughs> seven? I think. I think it's seven, I think Claire, six, and three. I think Claire's on seven. You're on six, and I'm on three. Okay, <laughs> that was well. That makes Claire, Claire the the winning lost in science professor of this particularly shambolic quiz. Or there's not going to be a tiebreaker. We've we've really exhausted this possibility here. Um, but yeah, I think Claire knows the most about science in 2016. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for playing. And that was 2016, the year that was. Science, of course, is recorded studios at 3CR in Melbourne, airs across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Look us up online on our um, website, 3cr.org.au slash Lost in Science, on the Facebook Lost in Science, on 3CR, on Twitter, Lost in Science, one possibly after, podcasts, bam, emails, lostinsci at gmail.com, or on the radio. Great. For our summer special, which will continue for the, the month of January, I think you'll find it's going to be excellent. Um, we're going to play some classic stories from the laboratory. Um, all right, so, and that is it. Apart from that, we'll be back sometime in 2017. Claire, <laughs> Manisha, Stu, and Chris will get Lost in Science! Lost in science.